Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Welcome everybody, those that are listening, those that are watching. We appreciate that and those that are here. We'll start out by asking a question. If somebody comes to you and uh, says that this book I'm holding in my hand, this is the Book of Mormon, and this is the Word of God, what would you say? Someone offers you that book, and then somebody else comes along and he offers you, this is the New World Translation, and this is the Word of God. Please accept it. Would you do that? Would you accept it? What about someone comes up and gives you the Koran? Say, this is definitely the word of God. Would you take it? How about some uh, the Hindu gurus that offer you there the Sanskrit? Say, you need to read this. If you really need to know God, you've got to accept this. What about those that believe in Scientology, etc.? All these different cults. Well, the message today is correctly handle the word of truth. Correctly handle the word of truth. And we're going to read what Joe is. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 14 through 26. The second half of chapter 2. Thank you. Good morning. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who is correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter. Because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teachings will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hermenius and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They, they say the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord 
out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with the foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of truth, and that they will come to their sense and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Praise God for his word. Thank you very much. The Apostle Paul talks a lot about um, the heretics in his day. They started out uh, to be part of the church and in the fellowship of believers, but then they turned away and they started teaching a false gospel. But Timothy, he was certain that he would teach the true gospel. And uh, Timothy was uh, like a son to the apostle. And uh, he was in training, of course, a young pastor. And all this information and all these guidelines was not only for his benefit as a pastor, but also for each one of us. It's applicable today for us to, to learn, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you, ask you to give us understanding of these passages, uh, verse 14 through 26. And uh, help us, we pray, to be tuned in and not to be distracted, to learn something new and to put it into practice on a daily basis. Very practical advice, not just for Pastor Timothy, but for each one of us as well. So help us, we pray. Amen. So just in the way of review from last week, so those that weren't here or those that weren't tuning in or listening, Last week's message is to remind us of what the Bible says regarding our position as believers in Christ, where we stand in the eyes of the Lord, that our sins were put to death on the cross with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. No longer that we that live, but Christ lives in us. So we shouldn't be tempted to try to reform, improve, the old sinful nature that still dwells within us by our own willpower or good works. Instead, we should rely totally each and every day, each and every minute of the day. I stood on the cat this morning. I didn't mean to. It yelped and screamed. So did I. And uh, something came out of my mouth that wasn't very godly. So, you know, we, it, we, things like that reminds us that we, you know, we're far from perfect. And I never claimed to be, so don't, don't say that I ever did. We should rely totally on the Holy Spirit, on God's grace to strengthen us 
and to yield to the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Thank God that he does. Amen. Knowing that Jesus sees us, God sees us just in Christ. He sees Jesus in us and Jesus will never disown us even though we may deny him. Like Peter, the Apostle Peter, before he became an Apostle, he denied Jesus three times, didn't he? But Jesus didn't disown him, did he? So there's no need to beat ourselves up. The devil loves that when we try beating ourselves up because we don't measure up to God's standards. You know what? We never will. We never will. There's no need to lose hope, be overwhelmed, be anxious, fearful, or insecure. Because we're in Christ. That's the way God sees us. We need to remember that. It's difficult, but that's the facts. That's the way we, that's where God sees us. So let's carry on. We'll start in verse 14. We've got 20 to the end of the chapter. Let's remind us what we just heard. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. Why? Why shouldn't we quarrel about words? It's of no value. It only leads, it only ruins those who listen, right? There's no value or benefit to argue about different opinions and philosophies you know, someone says, there's always three sides to every story. There's my side, there's your side, and there's the right side. And just as long as we agree on the fundamentals of the faith and believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, we can have Christian fellowship with one another. But those who do not believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. We're not supposed to fellowship with them at all. We're talking about the heretics, not just unbelievers. We can Obviously, we have to associate with unbelievers. We're on about people that have turned away and preach another gospel. We can't have Christian fellowship with them. That's what the word says. Verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed who correctly handles the word of truth or correctly divides the word of truth. We should all be students of the word of God so we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. You want to know more about God? Then we need to read his word. The Bible is not just any book. It is the revelation from God through his son, Jesus Christ, given to his prophets. And when we read the Bible, we should ask ourselves to give God to give a spiritual understanding, give a spiritual discernment to understand it correctly. It's only when you become born again, a true Christian, that you could understand the word of God. An unbeliever can't believe that the Bible is the word of God because it's spiritually discerned. It's foolishness to them. 
16. It's on the same theme about quarreling about words. Avoid godless chatter. Because those who are indulging it will become more and more ungodly. We're just wasting our time and breath to try to convince people who think they know it all. You can't teach people who think they know it all. You can't teach people who are unteachable. So there's no point trying. Have you discovered that already? Don't argue with them. It's a waste of time. Godless chatter. Unprofitable. Now he's talking about these two heretics mentioned in verse 17. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. And that's what it does. That's what you've got to be careful. This is why we shouldn't associate with the heretics. That's what they want. They want to get their little cult together, their little house group, and they want more people to come and come and teach their false gospel. Like those two there, Amenius and Philetus. Men who have gone astray. That's what heretics are, men who have gone astray from the truth. What did they say? What did they falsely teach? They taught, in verse 18, they said that the resurrection, and we're not talking about the resurrection of Jesus because they probably believe that. They, they said that the resurrection has already taken place. And they upset the faith of some. The resurrection, one day, there's going to be a resurrection of the living, those that are saved, and there's going to be a resurrection of the dead, those that are unsaved. They're going to receive a resurrected body, and then they're going to face judgment, either at the judgment seat of Christ for believers, or the great white judgment for unbelievers. That's what the resurrection is referring to. And they, they, these heretics were saying, that's already taken place, so you don't have to worry about judgment. All right? Just carry on doing your own thing and everything will be fine. False gospel. They were preaching a false message, another gospel. They were upsetting the faith of some causing them to stray from the truth. That's what the devil wants, by teaching that the resurrection of the dead has already happened. It hasn't happened yet. None of us have been resurrected, have we? Let's read verse 19. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. To name the name of the Lord is to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, the name whose name is above all names. In the New Testament, there are more, more than over 200 statements linked with faith to believe the good news and receive Jesus as our personal saviour. Many scripture verses also tell us to abstain from wickedness. That's what we're supposed to do if we are believers. Wickedness comes from the devil. 
anything wicked comes from the devil and we should make it our aim to please God by submitting to the Holy Spirit so we can keep his commandments, so we can obey his commandments. And he tells us in verse 20, a large house, this is referring to the body of Christ. There are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. He's, he's talking about an analogy between gold and silver, which represents believers who obey God's commandments, and wood and clay, those believers who do not obey God's commandments. Verse 21, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments of special purposes, made holy, useful for the master, and prepared to do any good work. So the large house, again, represents the church. Some are committed to serving the Lord and following his commandments. These represent gold and silver whose good works will receive a lasting reward, while others don't live according to God's will for their lives. These represent the wood and the clay that has no value or reward in heaven. So, verse 22, now, Timothy, and good for us as well. Flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. That's what we should pursue, not youthful lusts. We are to pursue righteousness, godliness. Even though God sees us as righteous, we must avoid sinful habits and don't live the way we used to live before we were saved. Pursue righteousness, faith and love. Every believer has experienced faith and love by receiving Jesus as their saviour. That's the only way you can love people is by receiving the God of love. But it doesn't end there, end there. We continue to remain faithful to the Lord and to demonstrate his love for him and for others. And pursue peace, he says. True peace follows righteousness. We'll never experience what true peace is as believers if we're living in opposition to God's will for our lives. It's only when we are obedient to God's will that our mind could be at peace and our conscience is clear. If you're a true believer and you're living in sin, then your conscience isn't clear and you don't have peace in your heart. You ever experienced that? All right, let's carry on. Verse 23 through 25. This is not just meant, like I said before, this is not just meant for pastors like Timothy. 
It's meant for all of us, all believers. He says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. You know, that's what they say when you get in a group, don't talk about religion or politics. It's true, it just stirs up trouble right away. I've, I've, I've seen it, I've experienced it, everything's going, everyone's having a wonderful conversation about this, that and the other, and then someone introduces the subject of politics and it goes downhill after that. Avoid it, pursue righteousness. Avoid stupid, foolish arguments, only lead to quarrels. Just wasting our breath trying to convince people that they're wrong. <laughs> or we think they're wrong because we think they're right. Right? Avoid it. Don't argue. Waste of breath. Waste of time. Pursue righteousness. That's what you should, you should be focusing on. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not be resentful. It's easy to become skeptical as a pastor and resentful, just like it is for you. It's easy to become resentful, quarrelsome. Don't always feel like being kind to everybody, do we? Especially when they're unkind to you, right? You just want to get them back. You just want to retaliate. We're not supposed to do that. Don't be quarrelsome. Be kind. Teach. Don't be resentful. Don't be skeptical. You deal with people enough, it's easy to get skeptical and resentful. You know that. Those that you've been in professions and you have to deal with people. So we've got to avoid doing that and getting sceptical and resentful. Because none of us are perfect. Amen? Must not be quarrelsome. Be kind to everyone. Not just the ones you like. Not just to the ones that like you. Don't be quarrelsome. You know, you know some people, even though they can be... Um, of course, that wouldn't include us to be uh, exasperating, you know, and those that refuse to adhere to God's word, even though they may be stubborn, we shouldn't resent them. We should demonstrate kindness and just keep on teaching the truth. Keep on teaching the truth. How? It says there, verse 25, with gentleness, correcting those who oppose. So, you know, there were people that opposed Paul and uh, look what happened to him. There were people that were opposing Timothy. But um, even though they were in opposition, you've got to keep teaching the truth in the hope that they would be instructed that God may grant them repentance. So he's, he's talking about the heretics here. So you've got to be dealing with them gently in the hope that they will repent leading to the knowledge of the truth. All right, so they were teaching lies. But you need to be gentle and deal with them 
that way in the hope that they will repent and come to the knowledge of the truth. And if they don't, there's a point where you just cut them off. Avoid them. We'll learn more about that in the next chapter. Finally, that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. He's the one that's leading them astray. Having been held captive by him to do his will. They're doing the devil's work without even realizing it. Leading people astray. Teaching people another gospel. Doing the devil's work without even realizing it, without even knowing it. Paul knew something about this before he was saved. When he was Saul, the high-ranking religious Pharisee, he persecuted Christians to death. Sincerely believing he was doing God's will. When in reality, he was working for the devil to destroy the church. Amen. But by the grace of God, on the road to Damascus, on his way to persecute more Christians, he saw the light. He saw the light in the face of Jesus Christ. And he was never the same again. And neither were we. Amen. Thank God for that. And that's the evidence that we're not the same people. We're not the same person that we used to be. And that proves that we are children of God. Amen. If you ever doubt that fact, there's been a change. Who, who wrote about that change? The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. So, Father, I thank you for those that are here, those that are listening. And uh, even though I stumbled and make mistakes, we uh, hope and pray that the message would have got across. That we are not to quarrel, we are not to dispute. It only, only leads, uh, it doesn't lead anywhere. And um, it's uh, unprofitable. So help us to be gentle and just keep on pursuing righteousness, faith and love. And uh, we can do that because we have your Holy Spirit who lives in us. And avoid and abstain from wickedness. I'd like to address those of you that are unsaved. You've never received Jesus as your saviour. It's really not that hard to do. It's just a matter of belief. Do you believe that Jesus existed? Do you believe that you are a sinner? Things that you've done wrong. Admit that, that you are. And then believe that Jesus Christ, who was without sin, was crucified on the cross because he loves you. And he, he, he wants you to be forgiven. God can forgive you of those sins. And he will, but only if you receive Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. You just simply believe in your heart. Jesus died on that cross. He suffered and died. He shed his blood so that you can be forgiven.
that your sins can be washed away, that he was buried after he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead and he is alive. So if you call upon Jesus to save you and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God did raise him from the dead, the promise is you shall be saved. And I hope and pray that you'll do that. And uh, if you do, you'll never be the same again. And you'll be guaranteed a home in heaven when you leave this world. And get into a church where they teach and preach the gospel. And grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.